Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio or on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station at RelevantRadio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is the Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to the Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Hi, welcome to this episode of The Inner Life for a Friday, Friday of the fourth week of Easter, last day of April. Boy, the month has just flown by. Can you believe it? And uh, it also is today, day number eight of our Novena to St. Joseph. We've been praying together for all of our intentions, asking for St. Joseph's intercession, leading up to tomorrow, May 1st, the Feast of St. Joseph the Worker. And so many of you have written in with your specific prayer requests, praying for your kids to return to the church, praying for your marriage to be healed, praying for a physical healing for maybe you or for a loved one. Uh, A lot of you asking for prayer in finding employment, whether for yourself or maybe a son or daughter or a husband or a wife. And thank you for emailing in so many of your prayer requests. And even though it's day number eight of nine days, it's still not too late. If this is the first time you're hearing about this, of course, you can unite your prayers with ours and we We can all come before St. Joseph, ask for his intercession to his uh, adopted, his his, uh, son, Jesus. And if you'd like to email those intentions, you can do that as well. And I'm not going to share them on the air. I'll keep everyone confidential. The email address is innerlife at relevantradio.com. But also... Uh, I'd like to ask you to maybe email me something else here, too. If you've already received an answer to one of your prayers, I'd love to hear the story. Um, Maybe you're still waiting on that answer, right? Uh, I'm still waiting on some answers to some of mine. I have had one answered prayer that I... I, I, it, it's just been a blessing. Um, but if you're waiting too, don't be discouraged. Just have that trust, have that faith that God will answer in the best possible way at the right time when he knows it's best for us. Uh, so again, if you have received that answer to your prayer, I'd love to hear how that's happened. You can email me, innerlife at relevantradio.com. And now the prayer that I'm using, you can find it on the Relevant Radio app. And when you open up the app, in the upper right-hand corner, there is that Pray icon, and you can tap on that, and it'll open a menu where you can select Devotions. And when you do that, then you can scroll down and find the Novena to St. Joseph. So right now, let's join together with all of the different things that we're praying for, all those intentions in our hearts, the things that are on our minds. And let's begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O St. Joseph, whose protection is so great, so strong, and so prompt before the throne of God, I place in you all my interests and desires. O St. Joseph, do assist me by your powerful intercession, and obtain for me from your divine Son all spiritual blessings through Jesus Christ our Lord, so that having engaged here below your heavenly power, I may offer my thanksgiving and homage to the most loving of fathers. O St. Joseph, I never weary contemplating you, and Jesus asleep in your arms. I dare not approach while he reposes near your heart. Press him in my name, and kiss his fine head for me, and ask him to return the kiss when I draw my dying breath. St. Joseph, patron of departing souls, pray for us. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
Again, thank you for praying with me uh, all of these eight days, and we'll conclude the novena tomorrow on the Feast of St. Joseph the Worker. Now, as we begin the program today, let me ask, who was your favorite teacher in school? Was it when you were young, maybe in elementary school? For a lot of us, it might, might be a high school teacher, or maybe you had a college professor that had a big impact on you, helped you uh, with some guidance, some encouragement in your life. And if you think back on that one teacher, or maybe it was a coach or some other role model, but you probably think about how they helped you in whatever their area of expertise was, but they also probably helped you to some degree in the way that you look at, the way that you approach life altogether. Now, one of my favorite teachers in high school was Mr. Gemberling, and all of his students would call him G. That was his affectionate nickname. Hey, G. And uh, he was the band instructor for our high school, but he was also the director for an audition choir, a jazz choir, an ensemble. And I ended up auditioning for this choir going into my senior year. And I had, before that, I'd been playing the piano pretty much all of my life. So I had a musical background. I started lessons when I was five years old. I played everything from classical, Beethoven, Rachmaninoff, up through uh, popular music, Billy Joel, Elton John, the Beatles, different things like that. Uh, I never really considered myself much of a singer, but I enjoyed singing. I could stay on key, and so I auditioned for this. Uh, But another thing that I hadn't done, I hadn't spent much time listening to jazz. And that changed my senior year with Mr. Gemberling. He started working with our choir. And as we would sing, there'd be these different harmony arrangements, those beautiful chords that we would sing out, you know, a major chord that would add that sixth tone of the scale in there, uh, a diminished chord that added in the seventh, maybe also a ninth or an eleventh tone, a suspended chord that would resolve at the end of the song, and all these different blendings of these notes. It was just so gorgeous. And it opened up this new realm of music for me and things that I just I'd never been exposed to. I just wasn't aware they were out there. And as I started hearing uh, more and more jazz music, I could also hear how it was an influence, an obvious influence on so much of the music I already enjoyed up to that point in my life. And so I started looking and absorbing more and more of these jazz songs, listening to people like uh, Gershwin and Duke Ellington, Louis Armstrong, Ella Fitzgerald, so many different ones out there. But more than even the jazz music, Mr. Gamberling, he was also this perfectionist when it came to the music, in the timing of the song, staying in that pocket, staying on key, the dynamics, breathing that life into the song, making the, the audience really feel that music. And all while this was happening, he he expected the best from everyone, but he made that experience fun. And that, doing your best while having fun while you're doing it, that's a pretty great approach to life. I loved it. Now, those key figures in our lives, the ones who inspire us, who make us say, I want to do that, or I, I want to be like that, they're valuable. You know, they, they, they're beyond value, actually, in our lives. They help to shape us to be who we are in one way or another. And so today, we want to look at those people in the church that have gone before us, the ones who can provide that same sort of inspiration, that guidance in our spiritual lives. We want to look at the saints, of course, right? They're the ones that can inspire us. And the saints can give us help in so many areas of our spiritual journey. But uh, right before I went on the air, I was talking with our spiritual director, Father Douglas McKay, and we were saying, oh, there's so many different areas we could talk about. But the show's only one hour, so we got to focus on one, one area today. And that's looking at how the saints can show us 
how to take our prayer life to the next level. So we're going to look at how the saints inspire us, in which saint has done that for you, has inspired you in your prayer life, and how has that happened? What have you learned from them about your time in prayer? And again, as I said, our spiritual director today, Father Douglas McKay, he's the founder and spiritual director of Our House Ministries, incorporated in the Grays Ferry section of Philadelphia. He also serves as the chaplain of the Calix Society, uh, proclaiming the Catholic faith to alcoholics, drug addicts, family members and friends that are affected by that addiction. A lot of good work he's doing out there in the Philadelphia area. Father McKay, welcome back to The Inner Life. So glad to have you here. Uh, thank you, Josh. Thank you for the plug for the Calix Society, the best-kept secret in the Church. Everyone can find out about us at calixsociety.org. But uh, just listening to you, uh, uh, Josh, in the beginning, the favorite teacher, I, I just, you know, you, right away my favorite teacher came to mind, Sister Patrick Maureen in the first grade. Jo- I, you know, Josh, I learned more about... Uh, uh, about the faith in first grade, then I learned about it all the eight years. It was like my spiritual formation. But uh, Sister Patrick Marine, uh, gosh, she, she was so beautiful. And, uh, I, you know, you learn those uh, basic catechism questions. You know, why did God make me, made me to know him, love him, serve him in this world, be happy with him in the next? And God sees me. God knows my thoughts, my words. He sees my deeds. And one of, one of the things was uh, St. Patrick. She was real big on St. Patrick and the breastplate, you know. Uh, Jesus above me, below me, on my left, on my right, right, in the ear that hears me, in the eye that sees me. You know, it was like the presence of God, you know. And it was always that, you know, God is always with us, and I can talk to him anytime, any place. And I thought about St. John Vianney, what, what he says about he says that this is the glorious, the glorious duty of man, to pray and to love. And Thomas Aquinas would say that this, the end of the spiritual life is really to be united in the love of God. <clears throat> and this is the thing, that uh, there's a, a place and a time to pray and to love God. And that's every place and all the time. Uh, Josh, I just <laughs> every to place and all the time. I love that. <laughs> really, <laughs> there is a place and yeah. time. It's everyone. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, and there was something like you know, uh, it's just prayer is that divine connection. It's like uh, he's right there for us, you know, and that's why he gives us this this duty, this this great thing that the animals don't have. No, no one has but us, children of God. That's our duty, our glorious duty to pray and to love. But I was saying that if God had voicemail, this was a little saying that I had, I really kind of loved this. He said, most of us have learned to live with voicemail as a necessary part of our lives. Well, have you ever wondered what it would be like if God decided to install voicemail? Imagine praying and hearing the following. Thank you for calling heaven. For English, press 1. For Spanish, press 2. For all other languages, press 3. Please select one of the follow options. For, press 1 for request. Press 2 for thanksgiving. Press 3 for complaints. Press 4 for all others. I'm sorry all the angels and saints are busy helping other sinners right now. However, your prayer is important to us, and we will answer it in the order that it was received. Please stay on the line. If you would like to speak to the Father, press 1. To Jesus, press 2. To the Holy Spirit, press 3. To find a loved one that has been assigned to heaven, 
press 5, and then enter his social security number, followed by the pound. For reservation to heaven, please enter John, followed by numbers 316. Our computers show that you have already been prayed for today, so please hang up again and call tomorrow. The office is now closed for the weekend to observe the religious holiday. And if you're calling after hours, you need emergency assistance, contact your pastor. Thank you for having a heavenly day. I love that, Josh, because, you know, when you think about it, it's like it's a direct connect. I mean, this is how God creates us. In fact, our hearts are restless until they rest in him. We're hungry and thirsty. It's the way we're, we're wired. And so anywhere, any place, any time, I can talk to God, he can talk to me. And the saints, they show us that. They're always, always in prayer, always loving God, always doing his will. Now, they weren't born that way. Saints are not born. But, uh, you know, they're made. They're made by prayer after prayer after prayer, especially liturgical prayer, confession, Holy Communion, the Rosary, you know, all these beautiful prayers, adoration. And they grow and mature more and more into that very image of Jesus and become one heart, one mind, one spirit, one will in Jesus Christ in his heart. Josh, beautiful. Yeah. What we're called to. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, before the program here, we were talking about how uh, today is the Feast of St. Pius V, Pope, uh, Pope years and years and years ago, but um, establishing that Feast of Our Lady of the Rosary. And that's such a common prayer for us as well. Um, any saints that come to mind for you that are also tied in with the Rosary, That just such a popular prayer for so many Catholics? Yeah, you know, uh, one uh, upcoming saint, he's venerable, is Venerable Matt Talbot. Boy, did he love the rosary. In fact, uh, here at our mission, we have a, a Matt Talbot uh, fraternity, uh, Secular Franciscans, and this uh, coming Sunday, we're going to have a parish shrine dedicated to him. We just got two huge statues. But um, always had the rosary in his hand, always praying the rosary. But, you, you know, sometimes people, uh, I think, don't really know how to pray the rosary, <clears throat> that it's beyond the verbal, and it's really beyond the meditation part. And we kind of get stuck there. And... Um, but, you, you know, to really end the prayer is contemplation, just uh, the, uh, the encyclical encyc- encyc- that John Paul II gave us was the, uh, you know, in quoting other popes, that the uh, rosary, um, the, the rosary without, uh, without contemplation is like a body without a soul. So, you know, the prayers are to really lead us into a, a depth with God. So we start out verbally, you know, use verbal prayers of Hail Marys or like uh, really like uh, music in the background and symphony. And then the meditation, you meditate. And I always remember like sometimes I would say I'm doing the uh, joyful mystery and announcing the mystery, the uh, nativity of our Lord. And the next thing I know, you, you know, it was over, you know, I, and I said, oh, man, I did the rosary wrong. I forgot to announce the presentation and finally I better go back and do it again. No, it was done right because it led me right into deep prayer, mm-hmm. contemplation, beyond words and images. And I know when it's a contemplative rosary, because my heart is filled with peace, and the fruits are really beautiful. You know, you get the, you get the fruits of, uh, you know, whatever that you need, it, you know, that, that strength that's not our own, 
patience, kindness, understanding, compassion. This is all being infused in our hearts in this deep, deep prayer of contemplation. So sometimes we can pray the rosary and not really end it. I'm not talking about distracting rosary where I'm praying and I'm thinking about, well, what am I going to make for dinner? That's their distractions. But when we're carried away by the Holy Spirit, right into the heart of God himself, you know, where the door is closed, you know, we're in that inner sanctum uh, with God, and the world's away. And that, that's the other thing with the rosary. It centers me. It centers us. You know, the words, uh, I'm thinking about the words, and I'm thinking about the meditation, the mysteries, and the world goes away. The world melts away. And then God can take me to that. As a little, uh, the little flower always had the, the garden of her soul, where she would see Jesus come, and she'd be sitting there on a bench, and Jesus would come and sit next to her, and they would just look at one another, and, and just be in one another's company, you know, deep, deep love. Mm. So, uh, yeah, the rosary, it's uh, one of my favorite prayers. And, you know, Josh, it's not hard to play, pray the complete 20 decades. You know, I do in the morning, in my morning prayer, you know, I, I, I do the joyful and then later on during the day, I, I have a, a double daily devotion, and it's called Our Lady of the Pillow and St. Mattress. And I take my rosary, and I just rest. I just rest with the Lord in 20 minutes, 30 minutes. I'm up and ready to go again. And sometimes I'm just holding my rosary. You know, and I was with the Little Sisters of the Poor for 21 years. And the older we get, the less we pray verbally and even meditatively. And we get more into a contemplative prayer. And this one woman came into the confessional and she said, oh, Father, I don't know what it is. I just can't finish my rosary anymore. I just hold it. But it's like holding the Blessed Mother's hand. I said, that's contemplation. Holding the Blessed Mother's hand, that's beautiful because it's the Blessed Mother who takes us by the hand to her son. And it's through Jesus, her son, that I come to the Father, into the glory of the kingdom, into paradise, in verdant pastures, beside restful waters, where my cup's overflowing. And there used to be another nun there, a little sister, and she always seemed to be on the same bead, just holding the rosary. But uh, what, what a special gift that is of the rosary. And it's a sacramental, it's blessed, and it's attached to the most blessed sacrament, where all the blessings flow. And Mary, that's where we, we go right into the heart of Jesus, into that sacred heart of his, where all is well, all is good, peace. The peace that the world can't give us or take away. And, and he gives us that complete joy and abundant life, abundant life. But it's through our prayers, it's through our prayers that lead to deep prayer, like the saints contemplative prayer, where we're just in communion with God, in the silence of God, in that inner sanctum of our hearts, the, the wine cellar. You know, you get beyond words and you get beyond images and visions and all. And uh, like two people, married people that really love one another and they're kissing. They're not talking. They're just in communion. It's a love affair, Josh, a love affair. Our spiritual director today, Father Douglas McKay. And uh, uh, Father, I, I I love your passion. I was I was going to make a joke about it that uh, you know <laughs> it's it's hard to tell that you really love to pray, but no, it's uh, it's just it's so wonderful to hear uh, these inspiring words. And we're looking at how the saints are inspiring us in our prayer lives. Which saint has done that for you? How has that happened in your life? What have you learned from that saint, or maybe a couple of saints? Uh, learn from them uh, that's helped your time in prayer. Our studio line is open right now for your call at 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149, or you can email us, innerlife at relevantradio.com. We'll continue the conversation right after this here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app.
Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio Studio Line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit relevantradio.com slash forester. If you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. Call now, 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. The Inner Life with Josh Raymond on Relevant Radio. Welcome back to The Inner Life here, and our spiritual director today, Father Douglas McKay, priest in the Archdiocese of Philadelphia, and he's also the chaplain of the Calix Society. And Father, I thought it might be nice to spend just a couple minutes um, here for anybody who's not familiar with the Calix Society. Uh, What exactly is the Calix Society, and what is its role for people? Yeah, well, first of all, the word Calix, C-A-L-I-X, really stands for chalice. And um, that's the whole center of it. And the founder of the Calix Society actually was founded in 1947 by William Jerome Montroy, a beautiful soul. I'm actually writing a book now about the history of the Calix Society and really hopefully open up the course for his sanctity, you know, for Bill Montroy. But Calix uh, means chalice in the Latin, and our slogan is we substitute the cup that sanctifies for the cup that stupefies. And if you take the letters, if you take the X as a symbol for Christ, you have like C, uh, you have Catholic addicts living in Christ. And so it's really the 12-step programs, like an AA meeting, an AA meeting, that you go there, you talk about your higher power, but you can't talk about your Catholic faith. You can't talk about the Blessed Mother or, uh, or the saints or, or Jesus or the sacraments or the priesthood. You know, you, you, it's always your higher power. So Calix was founded for a re- with Catholics in recovery on the same ground, that they can come together now and talk about their Catholic faith, increase their sobriety, and come to sanctity and holiness uh, through the sacraments. It's all centered on the on the Eucharist, the chalice of, of Jesus. And um, our statue that we had designed, Matt Talbot's holding the chalice, you know, it's the whole center of it. And Bill Montreux, how it all founded, uh, you know, he, he was, uh, you know, a drunkard, and that's a long story in itself, but uh, his sponsor came along. He used the holy name Jesus. And he, when he heard the holy name Jesus, something happened to Bill Montreux. And nobody can say Jesus except uh, without the Holy Spirit. And from that developed the idea of the Calix Society. And it really was an alcoholic priest where they got him sober by bringing, by celebrating the early Mass every day for a couple of weeks. And then they started to have their own meetings. And it started to develop that way. And it was really, uh, you know, Pope Paul VI was involved with it, John Paul II. They uh, approved it. Uh, it probably was like uh, something like 10,000 members at one time, 26 bishops and, and two cardinals. Wow. Uh, petitioned the Pope to confirm it. But um, I, I know uh, you only gave me a few minutes here, Josh, and, but uh, you can find out more about the org, And we have online meetings every day, and they're all over the country, you know, the states and even uh, different um, different countries as well would tune in. Well, that's that's wonderful. So again, it's calix.org. Is that what you said? Mm-hmm. Okay. Calix Society. And Calix spelled C-A-L-I-X, um, and you can find that online. Well, again, we're continuing our conversation here today on The Inner Life 
about the saints and learning from them uh, how we can deepen our prayer life. And which saint has inspired you as you're listening today? Uh, which, which one has helped you to grow in your prayer life? What have you learned from them that has helped your time in prayer? And you can give us a call here in the studio, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. And Father McKay, uh, before the break, you were talking about, you, you made reference to meditative prayer, you made reference to contemplative prayer. Those can sound very similar, so I thought it might be good for us to maybe um, talk about, well, there are some similarities, but uh, how are they different? How are they distinct? And maybe, you know, give some examples of saints who uh, give us some advice on meditative versus contemplative prayer. Sure. Well, meditation is something we do with grace. It's of the mind. You know, we're reflecting, we're thinking. Um, just like Lexio uh, Divina, Divina uh, you receive the Word of God, then you meditate on it, you think about it, you ponder it, and then it's the oratio, which is you respond to it, you put yourself, say if you're reading the Scripture, you're, you're in the storm, you put yourself in the storm. That We're doing all that ourselves. But the last one, contemplatio, is really the prayer of rest, where, where now God takes over, and um, I'm on the receiving end. And this is where real sanctity happens, that sanctity is really about receiving before we're doing. We're human beings, not human doing, doings. I'm first a spiritual being having human experiences. But um, contemplation would really be what God is doing now, that he's infusing, he's touching me. I'm receiving at this point. I'm out of my mind. I'm in my heart. The longest distance is from the head uh, to the heart. And you start listening with the ear of the heart. Uh, if you look at the uh, three letters in the middle of the word heart, it's E-A-R, you know, so you're listening with the, with, with, with the heart. And, and God would speak in silence, and, and then it's sort of like we interpret later on what was said there. You know, John and the Cross would talk about, I don't know why. Uh, here, you know, um, Teresa Avila really speaks about when you get into the, you know, first of all, uh, the meditation, the, f- the first three interior castle, the first f- three mansions is called the asceticism. It's what we do with grace. And, you know, people will, uh, you know, do the virtues. That was th- three things that she said, you know, virtuous living, detachment, and humility. That begins the spiritual life. But if we're doing everything we're supposed to do, and you'll find people like in those third mansions uh, in church or making holy hours, they're, they're, they're lectors, they're readers, they're doing charitable works. It's not enough. You know, this, if we're doing that, then God's going to do his part. Uh, John 14, whoever holds to my word, the Father and I will come to, and I will reveal myself. Here comes the revelation now, the prayer of quiets, the fourth mansions. This is where now we're going from the head to the heart. And it's beautiful. And what happens here are spiritual delights, Teresa Avila would say. Now, consolations come from outside, a beautiful sunrise, a sunset, a coffee with a friend walking on the beach. They're consolation. They hit the senses. But spiritual delights, now God's at work. And I don't know what's happening, but all of a sudden people would say, oh, I got the chills. They're the God bumps. He's touching us from the inside out. Or the tears are coming up, and I don't even know why I'm touched so deeply. But it's their spiritual delights, and something's happening to the soul. It's like Jesus is the psychotherapist. He knows where we hurt. He's touching us. He's healing us at a deep, deep level. And um, so contemplation is really, um, uh, it's what God does, you know, uh, to us, and we let him. You know, and meditation is what we're doing with grace, and then contemplation is what grace is doing to us. So there is that difference. 
And in the last four mansions, you know, it's all con- contemplative prayer. Uh, you have the spiritual delights, and God, he captures the will. But when you get to the fifth, fifth mansions, it's called full union. It's like when Paul was knocked down, he couldn't move. You know, God takes the will, the memory, and the intellect. You can't move. And um, I'm racing along here, but then the six mansions is called the ecstatic mansions. It's the Cupid. It's the uh, the wound of love where Jesus speaks about that angel with the fiery dart, plunges her, pulls it out, and leaves her just burning up in love. And then you're going through these dark nights as all this goes on. And you, yes, you're having visions, locutions, but that's not what's important. John the Cross says, shun them. Get them out of the way. A lot of people don't have visions, but they, they know what peace is and they know what joy is. It is the Lord. And, of course, the Seventh Mansions is really the summit or the mystical marriage where it's wax on wax. And, uh, you know, it's the awareness now. When You know, pray always. This is how you pray. You're always aware of God. You're always aware of the Lord. At your side, like St. Patrick, Jesus everywhere. He's sending me in. And it's this great awareness. But this is the growth. This is high sanctity. And like the little flower, she says she wouldn't die from tuberculosis. She would burn up in love. One last veil. And that's what she would die. She couldn't go any farther. That's why good people die young. I probably live to be a hundred, Josh. But yeah, that would be I, I'm on my way there too, Father. <laughs> I I need that time to work on so many things for, to allow God to work on so many things in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know, another thing that I was thinking as you're you're talking about, um, you know, Saint Therese. You're talking about Saint Teresa of Avila. And um, I think of so many saints, the times that I, I, the stories that I've heard of them being in prayer, you know, where uh, with, they might be levitating because they are in that contemplative prayer mode. They might end up having a vision, you know, uh, Jesus might come and say something to them, you know, St. Margaret Mary, where she has the vision of the Sacred Heart. Uh, St. Maria Faustina, where she has the message of divine mercy that's communicated to her, and she's instructed to uh, make sure that that image of divine mercy is spread throughout the world. Uh, For a lot of us, it's not necessarily that we're going to have that vision of Jesus, or maybe, you know, like some of the visionaries who have had the apparition of Mary, but... Um, one thing that we can do is we can still be in that presence of Jesus in a very true, a very real way when we spend time in Eucharistic adoration. Yeah. You know, you, you made me think about uh, we're all called to holiness. And um, in fact, uh, this is God's will. This is from 1 Thessalonians 4 3. This is God's will. Your holiness. We're all called to be saints. And founders, we hear about founders, they get these extra uh, blessings, you know, because they're, they're going to need it because they're going to do a lot a lot more work for, for the Lord. But the simple souls, like the little flower, you know, do the ordinary and extraordinary ways. She always saw like John of the Cross, you know, really, she couldn't reach, the, you know, be like John of the Cross, Teresa Avila. And so she thought of the elevator that Jesus would take her up on the elevator on the arms. But this is something that really hit me. Uh, St. Isidore, right? Uh, May 15th is feast day, uh, born 1070, 1130. Here was a simple farmer, and he communed with God be, behind the, the plow. And he would go to church and get lost in prayer and just pray. And, you know, he didn't do anything great. He was, and yet, yet when he was canonized, he was canonized with uh, St. Ignatius of Loyola, St. Francis Xavier, St. Teresa Avila, and St. Philip Neri, the quintet. Now, these are all jumbo jets. Here's this little one-plane propeller, you know, coming <laughs> right. in, which 
says what you were saying, Josh. We got equal access to the Father because we're all his children. Some saints got to be the jumbo jets and be, be a founder of an order and spread it. But it's all God doing it. Anything good doesn't come from any of us. It comes through us. So whatever the Lord, how, however he wants to use us, he will. But we have to let him. That's the whole thing. St. Thomas Aquinas, sister said, how does one become a saint? Will it? Will it? Want it? Desire it? Hunger for it? You know, and, and who puts that in there? It's, it's infused in our prayer life. I, you know, I begin to mature and grow in my prayer. I get to know the Lord more. The more I serve him, the more I, I know him. And the more I know him, I'm going to love him. And I'm going to be in that kingdom that's at hand, always right there. Uh, and that's that spiritual growth, just growing like the lives of the saints. And so whatever the Lord wants us, it's always his will. Whatever his will is, conform our wills to his. I'll find my peace, my joy, my fulfillment, the glory of God. That's beautiful. Uh, our spiritual director today, Father Douglas McKay, a priest in the Archdiocese of Philadelphia, founder and spiritual director of Our House Ministries in the Grays Ferry section there in the Philly area. And uh, we're opening up our phone lines, taking your calls as we're talking about the saints and how they inspire us in our prayer life. What has been that saint? Who is that saint that has helped you, helped you in your prayer life? What have you learned from them? Uh, what, how has it helped you to grow in your prayer life? The studio line is 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. And we've got Jake, who's listening in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Hi, Jake. Welcome to The Inner Life today. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. I, I just wanted to say, so when I was younger, I used to focus a lot on on St. Francis of Assisi growing up, the respect for all things, all creatures, all beings, all persons. And then um, after that, uh, talking um, to my mom, she was very much into and still is um, St. Teresa's a little flower in a little way and offering up our little things for God. And then um, now my main three that I tend to shoot to are St. Patrick and the breastplate, so I'm with Father on that. And uh, also St. John Paul II and St. Mother Teresa of Calcutta, just how they live that simple, beautiful uh, way of, of, of faith, you know. And that's kind of where I'm at with that. So it's been a very beautiful experience. Very good. Great, uh, Jake. Uh, you just uh, St. Francis, I'm a secular Franciscan like, uh, like uh, Matt Talbot, that, you know, we have a fraternity here. But Francis, uh, just simplicity, you know, so simple. And um, one of his favorite prayers, and I always remember this, he, you know, he was uh, in front of the tabernacle kneeling down, and, and, some, and he was whispering his prayers like the elderly do a lot, you know, you hear them whispering, uh, very inspiring. But uh, the, someone said, go over and listen to what kind of prayers a saint says. So they went over and they listened, and all they heard, Francis, wetting his lips and praying, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. And many of the saints, like Ignatius, Francis, Xavier, they die with the holy name on, on their lips. So it doesn't have to be a whole lot of words that we get into and tire us out. You know, just to um, put us in communion, in contact with the presence of Jesus. He's a friend, you know, and just to be aware of his love that he's always with us. So he's always accompanying us. And I can turn to him in, in difficult times. He's always there. And I, I always hear him say when, when I'm in a, in a trouble spot, give me that. And I said, you got it, Lord. You got it. 
because it's in him that we live and move and have our being. And the other thing is with the Holy Spirit. We, You know, it's the most forgotten person of the Blessed Trinity, but we can't say Jesus without the Holy Spirit. And everything begins with the Holy Spirit. That the Spirit, uh, my, my spirit animates my body. I give commands, raise my hand, or, or talk, or, or, or give a blessing, or, or walk here, walk there. It's my spirit that animates my body. But what animates my spirit is the Holy Spirit, because I can do nothing. It's in Him I live and move and have my being. So, Jake, when you when you were talking about just the simplicity of prayer, it made me think of Francis and that simple prayer of his, Jesus. Mm, I, I love that, too. You know, there's a, a priest I know, who said, you know, when things are going wrong, he latches on to that one phrase at the end of the chaplet of divine mercy, and it's written there across that image of divine mercy, just Jesus, I trust in you. And we'll just kind of say that as a mantra, you know, repeating it again and again, just, you know, I, there's not much else I can do, but Jesus, I trust in you. Yeah, and everything melts away, you know, all the problems, difficulties. And that's where the grace comes in. You, you know, Josh, a lot, a lot of times when I'm burdened, and believe me, it's so much uh, challenges here working with addicts, and I bless so many bodies, and young kids and parents over their bodies hanging from rafters, and children over their parents' bodies. And it gets overwhelming, you know, and phone calls and people at the door. But I just go before the Blessed Sacrament and just sit there, you know, just, just let them hold me and, and fill me. And then, like, within minutes, within minutes, I come out, and I'm okay. There's a peace. It melted away. Well, what changed? You know, my problems didn't change, but I changed. I gave it over to the Lord. Jesus, I trust in you. You take care of it, Jesus. You take care of it. And he does. Cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. Come to me, all you who are weary, find life burdensome, afraid, filled with anxiety. Come to me. I'll refresh you and learn from me. I'm meek and humble. We have to be humble. I have to know. i got to give him permission to take care of me. That's being humble, knowing I can't do it. He can do it. I'll let him do it. Or I can't do it. He can't do it. We can do it. It's a partnership. We do it together. And he empowers us every time. But, yeah, Josh, it's right. You know, it's like you just turn it over and, and, and all the problems and difficulties melt away. I always say I'm too blessed to be stressed. It doesn't mean I don't, I don't get stressed. But I think about all the blessings. And then I'm not stressed anymore. Our spiritual director today, Father Douglas McKay, a priest in the Archdiocese of Philadelphia, talking about how the saints can inspire us in our prayer lives, help us take our prayer lives to that next level. Which saint has done that for you? What have you learned from them about your time in prayer? What has helped you in your time in prayer? From one of those saints that's been that inspiration, the studio line, 888 More to come here on The Inner Life right after this on Relevant Radio and The Relevant radio app. If you missed part of the program, you can listen to this show and any of your favorites on the Relevant Radio app or online at relevantradio.com. This is the Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome back. I'm Josh Raymond, along with our spiritual director, Father Douglas Micaeus, uh, priest in the Archdiocese of Philadelphia. We're talking about the saints and how they can encourage, how they can inspire us in our prayer lives. And how has that happened in your life? 
What saint has given you that inspiration or that help, has uh, given you something that you've learned from them and it's improved or it's it's uh, taken your prayer life up to that next level? We'd love to hear how that's happened in your life. 888-914-9149 is the phone number you can call to uh, share your story, 888-914-9149. And Father, let's go to Nina. She's listening in Westmont, Illinois. Hi, Nina. Welcome to The Inner Life today. Good morning, Father. Um, I have a couple of saints that, um, I have a number of saints, but a couple of them that come to mind that have um, really been an influence on the path my prayer life has taken. The first one was St. Jude, and this was uh, years ago when I was uh, really just starting. I, I don't think I ever went away from my faith, so I couldn't say there was a reversion, but I guess there's a constant conversion in life where we, we uh, make our faith faith our own. And um, I was, I raised six kids basically on my own for 10 years after my divorce. And um, I was looking for answers uh, and um, figuring out how I was going to put the kids into college and so many things. And uh, I started going to mass when my mom got sick and I, on a daily basis. Um, and I found a um, a prayer to St. Jude, and I was also working out. I was just going through a lot of things in my life, working out next to a lady in the morning, and she told me that her daughter had had a couple of miscarriages, and uh, it, was just, it was just common conversation, and I said to her, I'm going to pray for your daughter because she was pregnant. She was about 11 weeks, and uh, she said, okay, I appreciate that. Well, it turns out that um, she was someone from my parish, and um, the, the daughter did go full term, and she had the baby. Well, after that, um, um, the prayer that I had been do- saying was to St. Jude. And so I was very convicted that St. Jude answered, you know, miraculous prayers. Well, my brother, we work in Chicago in an area that uh, a lot of times things are stolen out of our parking lot. And on one occasion, they broke into his truck the day before he was going to go on a mission trip to Ecuador. And he was he had come into the office to grab something, left his briefcase. Inside his briefcase was his passport. And um, he they broke into his truck, took his, his uh, briefcase, and uh, took off. And uh, he came into the office and said, they stole my briefcase. Um, now I can't go on the trip. And I said to him, no, you need to call the police. And I went to my car, I grabbed the prayer to St. Jude, I started praying it, and like 15 minutes later, somebody called saying that they were walking down an alley and they found the briefcase with the passport in it, they thought it was important, they found his business card in the briefcase, they called him up, and he was able to go. The third thing with uh, St. Jude was one of my employees um, she was pregnant. They found out they, uh, with an ultrasound that the baby's brains were outside of the child's head. They were really pushing her to have an abortion. She said she wouldn't do it. So I took my prayer to St. Jude, and I translated it to Spanish, and I gave it to her, and I told her, you pray this, and I'll pray this, and, you know, just trust God. And she had a perfectly healthy little baby boy named him Miguel Angel, and um, and I just felt like, oh, my gosh, St. Jude is asking me not only to pray to him, but to share, you know, what he, these, these miracles, these things that shouldn't be able to happen, you know, the, the, 
you know, just just incredible things. And it just really strengthened, you know, my faith. So this was like, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago. Years later, I am like looking at what my WhatsApp account and I start seeing these things about Conchita, this um, uh, servant of God who's going to be beatified. And I'm like, why does that sound familiar? And it's just like a random thing. I'm like, okay, no, not going to happen. She was going to be beatified in Mexico City. And um, because of my work, because of the fact that I'm, I'm owner of a family-owned business, we, we don't really have like vacations that you can actually take a lot of time off. So it's always like, no, I can't do that unless it's pretty much a wedding or a funeral. There's almost no travel. But I have family in Mexico City. And this Conchita keeps like coming into my life. People are talking about it on the radio or I see something posted and I'm like, who is she? Why is this, why is this uh, servant of God keeps showing up? So finally I hear and I hear, okay, she is one of the founders with, uh, with servant of God, Felix Rougier, who founded an apostolate that my great uncle was a missionary of the Holy Spirit. And he was in that community and she was personally inviting me to come to the, her beatification. And so I reached out to my mom one day and I said, Mom, what do you think about going to a beatification in Our, Our Lady of Guadalupe in Mexico? And she was like, well, I was just in Mexico seeing my family two months ago. And I said, okay, well, we won't go. And then her, my cousin is going to have a baptism the same weekend. I mean, it's just incredible. Um, and I was like, well, look, we can go to the baptism, we can go to the beatification. But, you know, the evil one's always, like, trying to say, no, don't do these things. And, Nina, so we're getting pretty the... short on time here. I just want to make okay. sure you can finish so, your story. Yeah, so really quick, I ended up going to, to the beatification. And she has been, like, her, I never read any of her books. She writes a ton of books about a, a, a real big focus on being a mom. She was a mystic and a mom, and... um it really has, like, her her life has really been something that I can um, mirror my life to. And so anyway, that's that's the, the gist of it. Uh, Conchita, Blessed Conchita and then St. Jude. Yeah. Uh, Nina, thank you. Uh, you know, one of the things we do in the Catholic Society before we begin our, 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 our meeting is uh, honor God experiences. There are no coincidences, only divine incidences. And when you think about a saint like St. Jude, um, a saint is someone whom God shines through. A saint is a new light from heaven. It's Jesus. And when you think of St. Jude, how he's depicted, on top of his head, I used to think it was a lump because he, was, uh, he, he has a club, uh, you know, depicting him because he was clubbed to death. But I thought it was a lump. But no, it's the Holy Spirit. And the medallion on his heart, is, is, is the image of Jesus. So it's Jesus that's shining through him, that's doing all these graces, and it's all, uh, all a grace. But uh, you should go and read John 14, and where Judas is mentioned, not the Iscariot, St. Jude. And this is the whole thing. I'm, I'm always drawn to John 14, because our Lord is saying, if you love me, keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father. He will give you another advocate, the Holy Spirit. Right? And he goes on, and he says, he says this, um, Whoever has my commandments and observes them is the one who loves me. And whoever loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and reveal myself. I will reveal myself to him. 
And then it goes on here. And Judas, not the Iscariot, said to him, Master, what happened that you, you, you will reveal yourself to us and not to the world? And Jesus said, whoever, you're whoever, everyone listening is whoever, I'm anyone, whoever loves me will keep my word, my Father and I will love him, and I will come to him, and I will reveal myself. Can you see all those revelations that you had from Jesus, all those divine touches, you know? No coincidences. It just deepen your faith through, through the intercession of St. Jude. But thank you for sharing that, Nina. Yeah, thanks for the call, Nina. And Father, as we're down to just our last couple of minutes here in the hour, uh, any final thoughts on looking to the saints and uh, how they can inspire our prayer lives? Yeah, you know, just maybe, Josh, just say, you know, uh, uh, why were the saints saints? Because they were cheerful when when it was difficult to be cheerful. They were always patient when it was difficult to be patient, and they pushed on when they wanted to stand still. They kept silent when they wanted to talk. They were agreeable when they wanted to be disagreeable. That was all. It's quite simple to be a saint. You know, just to let God take over our lives. You know, let him play the primary role and we play the secondary role. But we were talking about prayer, Josh, you know, and how important that is. You know, prayer really is to the to the spirit as air is to the lungs, really. But I, I just wanted to mention this. I just turned 70, Josh, and it says this. How you spend it. If God granted you 70 years of life, you would spend, and by the way, this is, I got this in 82 before the cell phone, social media, before you had 24-7 uh, news uh, broadcasts, but here it was in 82. If you were 70 years old in 82, this is how you would spend your time. 24 years sleeping, 14 years working, 8 years in amusement, 6 years at the dinner table, 5 years in transportation, 4 years in conversation, 3 years in education, 3 years reading, 3 years at the television, and if you went to church every Sunday and prayed five minutes every morning and every night, you would be giving God five months of your life, five months out of 70 years. And today with the kids and all, with this, you know, the, the, you know, just the computers, the iPhones and all, they're immersed in it. And it's like uh, we're caught in the world, you know, come out of the world. We're, as, as Christians, we're in the world. We're not of the world. Come into the kingdom. Come to me. Live this new abundant life, you know. And we can pray everywhere, all the time, any place, because God is always with us, Josh, yeah. always with us. That's pretty remarkable to hear that perspective on how much of our lives are devoted to the different things and how, how meager our prayer life can be. <laughs> so, yeah, good to have that perspective. Father, as we're down to our last minute here, can I ask you to uh, give all of our listeners a blessing as we wrap up the hour? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. God, our Father, we praise and thank you for the gift of life and the promise of eternal life, for giving us your Son, our brother, who tells us the good news of who we are, where we come from, and where we're going in your fatherly arms in that place in those verdant pastures beside restful waters where our cup will overflow. Bless our world. Bless all those who are listening. Bless our church, our communities, our lives, our families, our own hearts. Make them undivided, one heart with yours. And bless us all. The Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father Douglas McKay, thank you for being here, being our spiritual director today. And thank you for listening and participating here on The Inner Life. Thank you for... uh, 
just taking the time and spending it with us. Thank you for those of you who have been praying each day with us on our St. Joseph Novena. Tomorrow is day number nine, final day. And of course, if you have any prayer intentions you'd like included, you can email those to innerlife at relevantradio.com. Stay tuned. We have Mass coming up next here on Relevant Radio. Father Rocky is the celebrant. And I hope you have a very blessed and wonderful weekend, especially as we have the Feast of St. Joseph tomorrow, and it starts the month of Mary. Make sure to pray that rosary as you start the month of Mary. It'll make it a good month for you.